Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. My name is Craig Fields. And I am David Long. And welcome to week seven of Is It Worth It? The film review podcast where we go out of our way to see all the films in the cinema, including the bad ones, so you don't have to. What have we got coming up on today's show, David? Well, on today's show, we'll be reviewing a number of films as always, and we'll be starting off by having a look at Gringo, starring Joel Edgerton, Charlie Theron and David Oyelowo. And we'll be taking a look at Mum and Dad with Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. Thirdly, uh, we'll be reviewing Walk Like a Panther with Stephen Graham, Jason Flunning and Julian Sands. And fourth on the list is Wonder Wheel with Juno Temple, Justin Timberlake, Kate Winslet and Jim Belushi. And finally, we'll be having a look at the reboot of Tomb Raider starring the ever-brilliant Alicia Vikander. Brilliant. Sounds like a good show today. Uh, well, I, I hope so. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we're, well, I'm very proud to say that last week we had our most ever downloads. Um, which was really, really exciting, including a download in Japan, which I got very excited about until Craig told me it was by a robot. No, it wasn't It wasn't a, a robot. It was a bot. Oh, so it wasn't... We don't have a Japanese listener, Konnichiwa? <laughs> it's, it's a possibility, but... Well, if you yeah. are the Japanese listener, please do get in touch with us. Yeah, and you can get in touch with us via email. My mail is worth it at gmail.com, or you can tweet us if you use Twitter. If you're the Japanese listener, <laughs> I mean, there's another number of social medias that they use in Japan and Twitter might not be one of them. Uh, so what else have we got going on, really? Uh, well, we haven't had uh, many emails this week, but we have had a, quite a few reviews, uh, including one entitled David's Future Wife uh, sent us a review uh, where she just appeared to slag me off. But um, she, <laughs> no. she must, I don't know, I don't know if she fancies me or... but. There's a possibility there, Possibly. I guess. Possibly. Um, review. Oh, yes, this is what you said. Reviews are good and informative, but David's voice in my ear will 100% give me nightmares about him later. But she does give us five stars, so thank you to Not My Future Wife. <laughs> um, um, what else have we got? There's a, there's a number of reviews there. Do you want to read them out? Well, it's a bit self-indulgent, isn't it? I know, but it's great. And, you know, if if you're enjoying the podcast it's it's great if you can leave us some reviews uh five stars on itunes plus the review uh share it with your friends and family because the more people that it gets shared with the more listeners that we get and and it takes us further on in the uh, itunes podcast charts if we ever eventually get there well my aim is still to to top all itunes podcast charts that would be fantastic but last week was our best ever show most ever download so please do continue to download it uh, download it uh, and share it with friends and family. And I believe we're now going to kick off the show in our usual way by having a look at the box office with yes. our box office rundown. This is the box office rundown. Brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. 
Yes, it's that time again where we take a look at the box office rundown. This time it's for the weekend of March the 9th to the 11th, 2018. What have we got at number 10, David? Well, at number 10, we have three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, directed by the fantastic Martin McDonough. Craig, you have finally seen this film. What did you think? I thought it was brilliant, actually. Yeah, it was really, really fantastic. Superb drama, which is exactly what it is. And great black comedy and... Just a brilliant film. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very good. I actually went to see this twice in one day with Craig and with my dad. And having seen it now three times, it is an absolute disgrace. And I will say that, that this did not win <laughs> Best Picture at the Oscars. An absolute disgrace. Martin McDonough highlighted a number of problems with the American justice system, problems with gun crime. He made a really brutally honest, in-your-face film. The Academy didn't like it. And they gave it to The Shape of Water because it was all about inclusivity. It was a better film. There is no doubt about it. Three Billboards was better than Shape of Water, in my opinion. All right, well, say what you really think. I just did. (laughs) So in at number nine, we have I, Tonya. Yes, uh, that's still in the top ten. At eight above that uh, is Coco. Craig loved this film. It's going out of cinemas very soon, so if you want to take the kids to see it, possibly over Easter... Get down to your cinema. Uh, At number seven is The Shape of Water, the amphibious lizard man who loves a boiled egg. (laughs) That's a very apt description of The Shape of Water. Well, it's true. John's email hit the nail on the head. Above that, Craig, at six. What's at number six? We've both seen this. We reviewed it last week. We have Finding Your Feet. We do. Is a brilliant, brilliant film. Uh, Then at five, we have Lady Bird. Indeed. Uh, At four, uh, Game Night, again, which was reviewed last week. Uh, Above that is Red Sparrow with the fantastic Jennifer Lawrence. She's brilliant in this film, but the film, in my opinion, was a bit too long and the script wasn't as good as the plot or the acting. And what do we have at two, Craig? Still there. At two, we have the greatest showman. The greatest showman. I'm going to say it again. I said about two months ago that this wasn't going anywhere. It's gone up. Um, It took another 1.6 million at the weekend, which is more than most of the other films in the box office combined. It's now grossed 36.9 million all in all. It is... It's unbelievable. But... Not doing as well as Black Panther, I'd say. Been in the box office for four weeks. It's number one again. It took 3.1 million at the weekend in the UK box office and it's grossed 40.3 million pounds. That is incredible. It is incredible. Um, It's a very good film. Like I said last week, go and see this in the IMAX. Definitely worth it. And it brings us on very nicely to the new Marvel film, which is coming up very soon, which is called... Avengers Infinity Wars, which I'm very much so looking forward to. So am I, actually. I must say, I thought the trailer was very good. I really liked the trailer. The trailer actually really Mm. sold this film to me. And as you know, I'm not a huge fan of this kind of stuff. No. But the trailer did look good. Well, ever since they started the comic book films from Marvel, Mm. it's all been building up to this moment where they take on the big bad guy. The the big pink bad guy who you were like, who the bloody hell was that? Who was that? That was... You said he looked like me. (laughs) Just because he was bald. (laughs) Just my bald head. It's just the butt of all jokes. I won't go into the details, but my manager at work today made a, a, a comment about my bald head. I think he said something like, if you mopped the floor as much as you shined your head, the hotel would look fantastic. 
But uh, there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, well the, the bad guy's name is Thanos, so if you want to change your name to Thanos, then... Maybe uh, I will. Um, also, I just wanted to say, last week, uh, number six, I could not pronounce it. Um, but I can reveal to our viewers that I think it was called Kobayati Mafiae, which actually means Woman of the Mafia. And it was a Polish film, so one can only assume that it came out a lot of Polish people in the country went to see it on its opening week, came in at number six. It's not there anymore. I don't think there's English subtitles, so we won't be seeing it. But that's what it was. It was called Woman of the Mafia. Mm-hmm. So a little, uh, little fact for you. Kobayati Mafia! <laughs> you did really go out on the limb there. We did, we did. <laughs> well, I'm going to do our usual rundown. At ten, we have the Oscar-winning Francis McDormand in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Nine is I, Tonya. Eight, Coco. At seven, it's the egg-loving lizard in The Shape of Water. Six, Finding Your Feet. Five, Ladybird. Four, Game Night. Three, Jennifer Lawrence in Red Sparrow. Two, Hanging Around Like a Bad Smell is The Greatest Showman. And at one, grossing an amazing 40.3 million is The Black Panther. If you've scrolled through your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or done anything remotely connected to the internet, you've probably seen an ad for a subscription service. Something like Dollar Shave Club, 5-4 Club, The Birch Box, and many, many more. You may be wondering, what is the big deal about subscription boxes? Well, Package Media is here to tell you all about them, but not just tell you about the box, but the person behind the package. Come join us and listen in as we interview the creators behind these businesses so that you can understand not only the product, but the passion behind their services. Come check us out at Packaged Media. We are subscribed. We are packaged. And that was an ad from our fellow podcaster at Packaged Media. You can find them on Podient, which is podient.co. So coming up now, we've got a review of Gringo. Yes, so Gringo, what is this film about? Well, firstly, it is a dark comedy, but it's also an action film. Um, it's got a fantastic cast, actually, a really brilliant cast, uh, headed up by David Oyelowo, um, and Joel Edgerton's also in it, and he, he's in two films out at the moment. He's also in Red Sparrow, yep. uh, and the very good Charlie Theron. And all three of these people have different roles in a big pharmaceutical company, um, headed up by Joel Edgerton's character. Um, and as the plot unfolds, we see that the two main characters couldn't really be more far apart. So David Oyelowo's character, um, Harold, is a really hard-working, honest sort of moral man who's in a bit of financial bother because his wife is running up ludicrous credit card bills. Whereas Joel Edgerton's character, Richard Rusk, who is the CEO of the pharmaceutical company, I believe, or managing director, he's got a very high position, is sort of in-your-face, flash, seems to have very few morals, um, seems to be sleeping with most of the people who work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the uh, story develops, what becomes apparent is that this company is very dodgy. There's all sorts of... Dodgy deals. Dodgy deals going on. Yeah. In where else? A bit stereotypical, but Mexico. Uh, they seem to be doing some sort of deal with a Mexican pharmaceutical company with a marijuana pill. Yeah, so the the company were in a bit of a financial difficulty and they decided let's, uh, let's do some 
dodgy deals off the books to raise some funds. And then after they have raised the funds, they decided let's cut them off. But I don't think they really understand that like Richard and Elaine, the, the two, two main CEOs of the company, they don't really understand that you just can't cut off bosses like that. Yeah, Mexican cartel. Yeah. Uh, so what ends up happening is the, the three protagonists, including uh, Harold, go down to Mexico and things get messy. Um, very, very messy. Very messy. Uh, and Harold ends up, well, being kidnapped, which, taken. Yeah, I mean, it... and, and we don't have Liam Neeson to rescue him either. <laughs> um, so the the other two char- uh, characters come back to America. They then get a very dramatic phone call from Harold, who is in Mexico, uh, and this is a clip of their reaction to finding out that Harold has been taken five million dollars for someone in in middle management do me a favor just shut the fuck up you with your whole fucking hey elaine i got the perfect guy for us my good buddy harold Sinka. he's gonna fucking be perfect for the job he won't ask any questions not gonna cause any fucking trouble this is a fucking clusterfuck stay focused i am focused what do we do now Do we call the cops? Would it be such a bad thing if you didn't come back? What are you talking about? We are not leaving Harold in fucking Mexico. That's crazy. You're the one who said put him out of his misery. I say crazy shit all the time. I don't mean it literally. But you said literally put him out of his misery. Oh, my fuck. I meant not literally, literally. Literally is something people say now. It doesn't mean a fucking thing. Okay. They're going to be inspecting the plan tomorrow, and if they find anything off, this whole deal is shot. And I don't mean to tell you what's going to happen if the feds catch you. If you fucking wind of any of this on any level, we are completely fucked. I know a guy. Oh, here we go again. You know. So what that clip really highlights is that our two main protagonists that are set in America, uh, so we've Richard and Elaine, they're, they're incredibly I- immoral, um, and, and they really couldn't give two flying f's for our <laughs> lovely harold who is obviously straight to the point and and very he's just a nice go lucky kind he? of yeah he is he is just a really nice guy and he's just been shafted over by by these guys um at every point conceivably possible um you know there's there's affairs going on that really you know not nice for, mm. for our old pal harold um and now he's left out on a limb in mexico to to survive for himself and there's some really great plot twists that happen. We won't reveal because obviously it's gonna it'll, it will ruin the film. But um, the film's a lot better than the trailer suggests. I would say, from 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 our point of view, before going in, we thought this is going to be another turkey for the week. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, no turkey. <laughs> yeah, was that a chicken you did? Uh, originally, it was a chicken, but it was a feathered bird, so we'll just go with it. <laughs> Um, but but actually, I I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I thoroughly enjoyed. Did you thoroughly enjoy it? Chris? Yeah, yeah. I was actually I was thoroughly impressed that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You go in with to films with low expectations, and you end up walking out most of the time, or sometimes with you know feeling actually that wasn't so bad. Um, but uh, you know, as as the film progresses on, uh, Richard hires his brother to try and obtain. Harold to bring him back so that they don't have to either pay the money or they can somehow get money out of this themselves mm. uh, again being um rather immoral um and, and the film just sort of explodes into this Mexican standoff of a yeah. film and 
and, and and very entertaining, I'd say. Yeah, so Richard's brother is now doing sort of voluntary work out in Haiti. He's a changed man, but he has a dark past. He has either legally or illegally um, in the past hunted people down. Mm. He talks about, you know, I've found dictators. I've found these. I've, you know, I can find a guy in middle management. Um, what you said about plot twists, I wouldn't describe them as plot twists. Are more plot expansions. Yes. In, if you know what I mean, because they're not twists in the sense, they don't surprise you, but the plot gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's also almost two films, isn't it? Because there are two other characters as well in a separate story yeah. that then get sucked into this story. So that is quite cleverly done. Um, I mean, Sonny, who's played by Amanda Seyfried, she's definitely a subplot going on in there that isn't really... It's explored a little bit. But it's almost like an unnecessary subplot going on there. Not not hundred percent necessary at all. I mean, you could cut that whole subplot out. But um, and I, I do feel that there's a lot of subplots going on in this film that is fundamentally the flaw of this film. Um, there's lots of tangents going off in there. But as a comedy, it's it works. I I think. I mean, we were laughing throughout the film. I wouldn't say completely throughout the film, but we definitely were. There were some laughs in there that we we, we thought were good, didn't we? Well, <laughs> yes and no. The the comedy wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Um, and what I would say is that um, David Oyelowo, uh, actually, in some of the moments in this film where it was more serious and he was given an opportunity to act, he's very very good. He's been nominated for two Golden Globes. Um, for his performances in Nightingale and Selma. And he's a quality actor, and you can see that. And um, our other two main actors are also very, very talented. And I just don't feel like... I don't think the script was great on this, was it? No. no. Um, and some of the some of the comedy was a little bit flat and a little bit risque as well, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but risky in, 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 in not a funny, risky way like Three Billboards, more just a bit... Well, that's been done before, if if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely understand what you mean. But as a entertaining film, yeah, which is where you know you, you've gone. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, you can't see me. I'm just pointing at Craig because I, I wanted to say that compared to the trailer and the reviews, because the reviews of this film were bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting something much worse than this. I would describe this as a pizza and popcorn film. You could go with your mates. Uh, Possibly not pizza in the cinema, but at home, you know what I mean. You can you can zone out a little bit. Mm. It doesn't require a lot of attention. There's some good action scenes. There's there's a few laughs, and 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 you sort of just float through the film, and you'll come out going, eh, yeah, yeah, well, well, it was right, a film, it? yeah, well, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, and then in two weeks' time, you you'll forgotten everything about it. Um, so it's not a bad film. It's just a little bit floaty you sort of i'm at the cinema what's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. what, you know but that then that leads us into the question really doesn't it david is it worth it oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry I, I i it's difficult to say uh, isn't it uh, this, for someone like us with an unlimited cinema card yes go and see it, it it's worth it is it worth paying 10 12 pound for in my opinion no Wait for it to come out on DVD, order a pizza and get your mates around, have a laugh. I don't think it's worth going to the cinema to see personally. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, this is a film that's 
brought to us by Amazon Studios, which are obviously a, a massive streaming service. So, so it will be on Amazon it, Prime? It, it will be on Amazon Prime without a doubt and, and will probably be worth or definitely be worth watching when it's on Amazon Prime. But going to the cinema, it, it's nothing spectacular to see on the big screen. You know, no. the, the soundtrack and, and, and the audio isn't spectacular for you know the great sound system in the cinema. So ideally, it's something you'd watch at home, I'd say. Stream it. Stream it. With pizza and popcorn. (laughs) So that's our review of Gringo. terrible joke david oh i can't i definitely can't say that joke on here because we would be removed from all podcasting platforms and i would be going to jail we are recording oh <laughs> welcome back we are taking a look at mom and dad mom and dad mom and m-o-m dad. because the no actually i'm not going to say that because we have american listeners we do we have quite a lot yes briefly before we do review this if you are one of our quite few american listeners now please do email us we'd love to know whereabouts in the states you're from what you think of the show, um, my mail is worth it at gmail.com. Craig, mum and dad. Well, hopefully, I was going to say, hopefully they're not all robots. What? I mean, we're not really selling the <laughs> podcast. You know, we've got eight <laughs> listeners and we've got Japanese robots, American robots. You never know. <laughs> I don't think they are bots. No, I, I genuinely believe they are. There's, that would be a lot of bots. It, it would, would be, be something like out of bots. Um, iRobot with uh, Will Smith. You know. <laughs> yeah, back back to our review of mum and dad then. Mum. Mum and dad. Uh, <laughs> this film is uh it's a comedy Ooh. horror Ooh. Uh, thriller Ooh. <laughs> um where we see <laughs> nicholas cage going full nicholas cage um he go- absolutely goes bloody berserk in this film um essentially what this is is a uh it's sort of i'm trying to think of the word now this is sort of a, a Twilight Zone sort of film where it's posing a question. What if all the parents in the United States somehow were brainwashed in some weird manner to murder their children? And not, not other children, just mm. their own children. And, and this is what the film is essentially about. They, something happens to the TVs. We're not quite sure what it is at all. It's not really expanded upon. They just go all fuzzy and then all of a sudden they sort of see their children and, and want to murder them. <laughs> and they go on this yeah. murderous rampage. You've got parents waiting at the school for the kids to come out and they're trying to usher them out. But the police yeah. are saying, no, don't go. But the kids are like, it's my mum and dad. I want to mm. go. I want, I'm going to listen to what they say. And then eventually... And then as soon as they get out of that school... What? murder takes Well, no, they don't, they don't actually get out, do they? The parents just start jumping over the they, That's true. The they, they break in, don't they? Yeah, strangling, yeah. shooting, Using stab- keys and stabbing. Oh, them. I mean, very Horrific. graphic horror. Um, what I would say about this film is I hadn't seen the trailer, so I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't read any reviews, so I was going in, which is really nice for me, not knowing anything about this. And the way it was shot, and some of the acting and the way the tension was building, I thought we're in for a real sort of yeah. dark thriller here. Um, you know, what if this happened? What if somehow biological chemicals were used to alter people's minds or, you know, computers were hacked and this happened? You know, oh, this is interesting. Mm. Oh, no, wait. We're just going to let Nicholas Cage go mental. With a sledgehammer. With a sledgehammer, with a chainsaw. Um, you know, he looks like they just said, 
they just rang him, you know, ring, ring. Hello, this is Nicolas Cage. Nick, do you want to do a film? No, no, I don't do serious acting anymore. Well, this film, all you need to do is do a load of cocaine, <laughs> drink excessive amounts of alcohol and run around with weapons trying to kill children. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, everything that this film could have been, in my opinion, it just fails to be. I think the premise is disturbing. Um, I don't... And, and good, actually. The premise is good. Yeah. I mean, I can't relate to it. I mean, if I was a parent, perhaps I could. But um, Yeah. It's 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 just a bit of a weird film. We're waffling on. Should we play a clip? Yes. Yeah, no, we don't have a clip. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, I couldn't source one for this. It would just be the trailer. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll do a clip. It's just, I'm Nicholas Cage. I'm going to kill you. Here's a chainsaw. No, just reenact the scene where he's uh, where he's built the pool table or snooker table and just smashes it. What a ridiculous scene that is. He spends 10 minutes building a pool table and then just smashes it to bits. Like... Proper Nicholas Cage yeah. style sledgehammer yeah. going <laughs> <laughs> smash 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 bang yeah. and then it's just like well that was entertaining and 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 honestly it re- it really does just do that it it does pose an interesting question and then it doesn't answer it we never find out why this is happening the end of the film is dire it's like the 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 director just said I've run out of film stop. Yeah, even though it's digital or something like that, yeah. it's just like oh, actually, I've I've run out of what the ending was going to be, so let's just cut it there yeah. and call it a day. And that's that's exactly how and it felt, really, isn't it? Really, the bizarre thing is, is that the audience reception of this film is fairly good. Some critics really quite like it, but for me, I just think it's it's not a film worth seeing in the in the cinema. Sorry, I've already answered the question. Craig asked me the question. Ask me the question. Oh, all right then. <laughs> oh, look at me. Go on, ask me go the on. question. Uh, Craig, <laughs> mom and dad, is it worth it? No. No. Oh. Uh, no, no, it's not. Yeah, but the, cin- the cinematography's all right. The way it's shot is all right. but the And the plot's nice to begin with, but does it unfold very well? No. Is it worth seeing in the cinema? No. Um, Brian Taylor, the director, you know, he's named for, known for Gamer, Crank, um, and and that's very evident within this film, and and there's just not much storytelling, I suppose, going in on the, on the, on the last third of the film, and and it's just Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. I mean, I of all Hollywood actors, Nicolas Cage is my pet hate, uh, and I, and I think he's come to realise that he can't actually act. Yeah. So so now they just don't let him act; they just let him go mad. Um, and I did laugh a few times. But I laughed at how bad it was, and perhaps that's what this film was going for, yeah. which is a shame because the director isn't talentless. There's some, there's some, there's some good elements to this film. But Selma Blair being one of them, I thought she was okay in the film. To be honest with you, yeah, she, she portrayed the mum very well. And you said her, the the child is that actually hit? Yeah, her her son um, is in the film as her main son in in the film. So yes, he, uh, he, he was very good. Look out for him in the future, uh, Selma Blair's son. He was he, he's a good actor. You can just tell he he knows what he's doing. Um, but overall, for me and for Craig, mom and dad starring a drugged up Nicolas Cage, <laughs> not worth it. He wasn't drugs. I'm telling you. Was Craig? He was definitely on some sort of mind-altering substance. Oh, not again! <laughs> Keeps recording when I don't realise he's recording. Right, welcome back. Um, what? Ah, yes. Well, 
Walk Like a Panther. Yes. I, I I haven't seen this film. Craig has. Do you know what it's about at all? I believe it's about a British wrestler. No. No? No. Well, basically, this film... <laughs> <laughs> sort of, you know, I'm, I'm on a film podcast and I don't even know what the film's about. Well, you haven't I've... seen it. You didn't really look into it. Hang much. on. A group of 1980s wrestlers wait, wait, are forced wait. in... Let me let me let me talk talk about it first. All right, because you're reading the synopsis on IMDb, and it's <laughs> it's not really anything about that, really. We've had a busy week. I haven't been able to see this film. Fine, Review fine. it. I am. I'm reviewing it. <laughs> so uh, Stephen Graham stars in this film as the main protagonist. He is Mark. He owns a pub in the uh, in the local town where they live, um, where most of the rest of the Panthers live. So what are the Panthers? They are a group of 1980s wrestlers who, uh, during the hey- their heyday, were on ITN. This was a real story, essentially, or based on the real story, where, um, very loosely, I must add, um, where the Panthers <laughs> were these sort of pantomime sort of characters that go on and, and do, do some wrestling and entertain the, the public on ITN. Um Essentially, uh, it got cancelled um, in the n- early 90s, I think, and um, it went on in America to become what is known as WWE. So it that was really yeah yeah. So it came originated here was was the wrestling was originated well I know with sort of with um, yeah. My dad used to talk about the. the do you mean ITV? N- uh, well, it was on ITM, but what is now known as ITV? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the original British wrestling. Yeah. Um, so that that's, sorry to interrupt. That's all right. So that's exactly what it's based upon, um, and it's now obviously 2018, and the pub that Mark runs is under threat. And one way of trying to bring it back is by bringing back the Panthers and putting on a show. Um, Mark, when he was a kid, he looked up to his dad, who was the main Panther. He was a uh, bulldog and Mark really, really wanted to be a wrestler as well and, and join his dad. And he was going to have a debut day where he was going to be um, on TV and, and be wrestling. But unfortunately, it got cancelled and then the whole wrestling thing was ended. Um, David, you're on your phone. I am. I'm I'm reading reviews of Walk Like a Panther. What do they say? Not a lot. <laughs> this isn't a particularly great film, I'll be honest with you. Um it's too long first of all it's very i mean there's no real emotional connection where there should be emotional connection um you know there's uh mark's best mate who was a panther as well ginger he um he dies during the course of the film but there's this there's just no real the the reviews here everyone seems to say it's 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 a comedy but it just isn't funny yeah there there's no real funny moments in it 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 falls flat on its face really badly and toe curlingly bad yeah it's it's not great i mean it's better than toe curlingly great um you know you've got stephen graham who a comedy who... in everything except actually being funny <laughs> well stephen graham was in um journey's end He's our uh, Liverpudlian friend. Who we oh re- yes, he, well he's very he's a very well known British actor. Yeah, and 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 in the cast, the cast well. is actually pretty decent. Um, you know, Julian Sands is all right. I mean, he's been criticised many times in the other films that he's been in, but in this, he was actually pretty decent as Tony Sweetcheek Smith. 
Um, you've got uh, Robbie G as Zulu Dawn, who um, is actually a cross-dresser in the film. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I mean, you can see where it's going, but he was all, he was pretty good as, 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 a, as a cross-dresser in there. But it, it's, it's everyone's all right in the film. Um, and the script is obviously letting it down immensely badly because it's just very over-the-top British. And, mm. and, and I think the Brits fail with comedy on the big screen really badly and and essentially they should just really stick to doing dramas on on the big screen i think i don't know about that well name a good british comedy that's been on the big screen that's really good off the top of your head you can't we're not including this in the podcast you can't slag off british films oh you can i i really loads of good british comedy come on hundreds think of one then hundreds notting hill after a ten-minute argument about the state of British comedy films, David assembles a list. Right, so welcome back. Me and Craig genuinely have just had a pretty verbally ab- ab- aggressive argument, and oh, I don't have over dramatize it. It David. was, it was. There was shouting and there was banging. No, there wasn't. There, there actually was. <laughs> Go on, give me your list. Let's restart it because let, 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 what? I'm trying to set a scene here. How much we argued, and you're saying we didn't. Now you're making it argue. No, we're not. <laughs> Come on, read me the list. I want to hear. Right. Well, apologies about that. Um, okay. Go. On, I'm ready. British comedy films. Monty Python. Yep, I concede to that one. Four Lions. Yeah. That's a great comedy. Yeah, go on, keep going. Very, very successful comedy, both here and in the States. Borat. Nah, I wasn't a fan. How could you not be a fan of Borat? Go on. Mr. Bean. <laughs> All right, I can see that. <laughs> you got the Bean movie, Mr. Bean's Holiday, Love Actually. That was a great rom-com. Yeah, but that was a rom-com. I want just comedies on its own. Yeah, F- Monty Python, Four Lions, Borat. Um, What else? In the Loop. <laughs> Full Monty, Hot Fuzz. The Brits can do comedy. Yeah, okay. The Brits can but do no, comedy. But no, they are better at drama than the Americans. Sorry. Yes. And sorry for and losing my temper and that's at you my, again. That's my point. They, the Brits are better at drama than they are at comedy nine times out of ten, I'd say. Yeah, okay. Sort of. I don't really. We agree. both concede to each other. We will we'll call it a draw. Okay. Well, ask me the question for this one because it's. Not great. It's descended into chaos, and I, I apologise. But Craig, walk like a panther. Walk like a panther. Is it worth it? No. Don't bother. <laughs> Wait till it goes on streaming services if you really want to watch it. If you're intrigued at all by the trailer, yeah. Wait till it goes on that. But to be honest with you, um, not a great film for the for the panthers. I'm afraid. Cheers, Craig. And once again, I apologise. Stop apologising. What have I had to? I lost my temper again. Always lose your temper. Temper, temper. My name's Paul Newbegin. I've rudely interrupted your listening of Is It Worth It to tell you about another podcast which is far superior to the one that you're already listening to. No, I'm only joking. I love Craig and David. Listen, uh, if you're interested in food, I interview the UK and the world's best chefs only on the past podcast. 
available on iTunes, Acast, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Just search The Past Podcast. Welcome back to a really heated version of Is It Worth It? Um, we are now reviewing the latest Woody Allen film, Wonder Wheel. And this film... Uh, there it is. There it is. Especially for you, Woody Allen. The trumpet is out for the newest film by Woody Allen, Wonder Wheel. Where to begin with this film? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It is set on Coney Island in the 1950s, and it tells the story of a middle-aged carousel operator, I'm already selling it to you, played by Jim Belushi. Uh, And his wife is played by Kate Winslet, and their lives are turned upside down by a a lifeguard um, played by the... A very popular Justin Timberlake. And what we really have in this film is a love triangle, if not a love square, when <laughs> um, uh, Belushi's uh, daughter, um, Carolina, played by Juno Temple, also comes back into the picture. She's been gallivanting off in New York with a gangster. She hasn't spoken to her father for five years. Her father is an alcoholic. Uh, Kate Winslet's character is also an alcoholic. Um, And then you have Justin Timberlake turning up. And like I said, this love triangle develops more of a love square. And let's cut to a clip where we hear Jim Belushi badly, in my opinion, acting uh, out his response to the return of his daughter, Carolina. I was 20. I didn't know better. I'm sorry. Why didn't you go to the police? I told the police too much. That's the problem. Why the hell you open your mouth? Police told me that I could be looking at five years if I didn't cooperate. What the hell do you know? Since when do you know what happens inside the rackets? How could I not know? Can't be married to one of those guys and not pick up on what's going on. That's right! I told you not to marry that racketeer! I told you he was all mobbed up! He staked a murder! She found this, this grease ball exciting! He wasn't even good looking. He was a punk. I need a drink. Forget it, Humpty. Calm down. So there you have it. That is a scene from Wonder Wheel where we see um, Jim Belushi's character Humpty responding to the return of his daughter Carolina. And that clip, I think, shows, even through audio, what is wrong with this film. Firstly, the script in this film is diabolical. It is unlistenably bad. It's a real stinker. It is terrible. I said to Craig, it's almost like it was written by a stoned teenager. It tries to be, at times, really profound and really moving and philosophical. And it's dire. It's it's too long. Uh, it's badly acted in my opinion. And and not for the reasons that you think it might be. It's badly acted because the source material that they had was incredibly poor. And I think Woody Allen almost felt like he well, it almost felt like he wasn't there for the film. He wasn't there yeah. to direct anybody and they it's the first time they've read it. Uh and then they go out into the do these scenes and they just act it. Yeah, you you don't feel like you're watching a film here. You feel like you're watching a play. Um, because like I said, the script is bad, but the camera work is also 
dire. Woody Allen, I, I don't know what he was doing, possibly sleeping on the set, because you have scenes where the camera is just, isn't it, Craig, static. It doesn't move for minutes and minutes on end. So you don't feel like you're in a cinema. You feel like you're watching a play, a badly performed play. It seems like the actors were given the script, they read it, and then they just, right, one take, do it. it it's, 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 it's just poor. I mean, what you mean, what you say about the uh, the the static shots. I mean, you have a lot in a, in most films. You have, you know, a lot of back and forth with dialogue, and this is an incredibly heavy dialogue film. And and you'll have, you know, the the shot where it be focusing on the character speaking, and you would cut to a reaction shot from Absolutely. from the other character, and you don't get that in most of the scenes that unfold. You have uh, lots of static shots on Kate Kate Winslet while she's acting her best in the film as she possibly can and and we get no reaction from from mickey justin timberlake you get no reaction from carolina juno temple uh you just get no reaction shots which really generally in in cinema helps to carry the film along and 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 just don't get any of that and then second of all what they're actually talking about is just boring Mm. nonsensical things most of the time cheesy as well uh, and like I said, you Kate, Kate Winslet's character uh, ends up having an affair with Mickey, played by Justin Timberlake, and it's then complicated by Carolina and Mickey almost going into a relationship. And all this story is built badly. Then it doesn't go anywhere. Um, the lighting in this film as well is... Craig, you're more knowledgeable about, about this than uh, me. I mean, it, it's, it is... it's so false yeah. and over the top. There are scenes in this film where all of the actors are engulfed in an orange glow. It looks like they're in a tanning booth. No, I mean, uh, that's probably a stylistic choice for for most of the film, but it's just so over the top and overpowering. Uh, I mean, where it's set is in Coney Island. It's it's a fun fair, essentially, and there's there's a lot of neon lights, but... And, and and the place where Ginny and um, uh, Jim Belushi's character, they where they live, um, they live underneath the Wonder Wheel, essentially. And there's a lot of neon lights coming yeah. through that window. But it's almost excessive to the point where the cinematography is just, they're baked in this orange light. But then it transfers <laughs> over. Baked, yeah. I mean, by the end of it, they've all got a false tan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a point where um, Mickey and, and Ginny, they're sitting underneath the Broadwalk. And they're bathed again in this orange light. And you can't tell whether this is the neon lights or the sunset, which it could have been, again, a a reason for that. But Mm. to be honest with you, it didn't feel like it. It just felt like it was there as a stylistic choice. This is what this film is going to look like. And and I didn't like it at all. I mean, it looked cinematic, but without the right camera angles and right shots and without the right cut. Like kind of lighting where it's toned down just a little bit from some scenes. The staging was it, also very false, wasn't yeah, it? It, you, mean, it looked, it just looked, looked like, like it was set, on a set, a, a play set, as in you know mm. for a play, for a yeah, theatre production. Absolutely. And there was the bizarre child as well. So Kate Winslet, in a former marriage, had a had had a child, um, and he just went round. And I'm not, I'm not lying. Just burning stuff. He was an arsonist, a pyromaniac. No, no explanation as to why he was doing this. Why? There, there, there was I mean, she a, a she few. started stealing from um, uh, Belushi's character Humpty to pay for a psychiatrist. And what did he do, Craig? Tell the audience what he did when he went to see the psychiatrist. He put set fire to a bin in in, <laughs> in, 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 in the reception. Um, you know, bizarre. You've basically got a a dysfunctional couple, both with alcohol problems, and the way they portray alcoholics is stereotypical and bad and 
oh, this is a disaster. This is a perfect film for film study students because you can just analyze, you could write an essay about mm. how bad this film is. The ending is dire. Uh, questions are given to the audience, aren't, you know, and we never get an answer. Think of the ending. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Woody Allen had finally realised the film was crap and he was just going to stop it. I mean, Amazon Studios really took a, a risk on this one with, with, with Woody Allen and what he's been going through in the press at the moment. I mean, even actually in the script, there's a lot of reflection on Woody's... Well, maybe not a lot of reflection, but some reflection on Woody Allen's life in the sense that you've got an older woman going with a younger man. You know, Woody Allen, who's married to a younger woman. Yeah. Um, there's that sort of aspect there. But I mean... It's just, it is diabolical. It, we were sitting there in an empty cinema, just me and you. Yeah, that's another point. Watching this... the film, and we were just sitting there thinking, well, not even thinking, we were thinking aloud almost, saying, what is going on here? The Why e is this happening? The ending was farcical as well, wasn't it? Because oh, the, I don't the, think the it lights was, it came wasn't, on. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose, but we were thinking, surely it's not going to end, surely it's not going to end. And before the film stopped, the lights came on, so that was funny, and then it finished with the most ridiculous line i've ever heard in a film go on it, give him the line the, the 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 end of the film i am not lying and you're not going to watch it don't bother was kate winslet saying i don't like fishing and then it cut to a shot of her son burning stuff on a beach and that's all you need to know greg ask me the question david is it worth it absolutely not woody allen is a very unique director some of his films are quite good this isn't one of them terrible script terrible camera work Terrible lighting. Terrible acting. Terrible acting, in my opinion. Justin Timberlake, poorly cast. He is a good actor, but not in this. Jim Belushi, no. Um, Kate Winslet, believe it or not, she's actually received some um, credit from uh, critics for this yeah, uh, performance. Yeah. But for me, she's my favourite actress of all time, but even she can't save this film. She's She is the glue that holds it together. Uh, but... We will finish with, you told me it was nominated for some awards. Yeah, uh, nominated for like almost Razzies, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think Kate Winslet was nominated for Award of Find a New Agent. Um, yeah, Actress most in need of a new agent, Kate Winslet. And it was also nominated for the prestigious Golden Frog. And that's the, it was his main competition mm. with a film that we've not heard of either. <laughs> Wonder Wheel, terrible film. App, I absolutely awful if i do paid... not stream it do not go to the cinema to see it just don't bother with it if i paid 10 pound for this i would genuinely have asked for a refund it was unwatchable uh i think woody allen needs to call it a day if he doesn't it can't be any worse than this is next film but really guys don't bother with this one Welcome back. It's now time for our last review. Uh, it's the new Tomb Raider film. I haven't seen this yet, so it's going to be reviewed by Mr. Fields. Craig, tell us about this film. So the reboot for Tomb Raider is played by Alicia Vikander, who is a really brilliant actress, and she brings something very new to this, this version of Tomb Raider, where Angelina Jolie, she was also equally great, but that film lacked in script, uh, I think, anyway. But this one, it, it centres very much so on on Lara's um, lost father, this, this, this father-daughter relationship. 
Um, and after her father's gone missing for around seven years and Lara is fundamentally, you know, craving her father, essentially. Um, and and she she's doing everything she can to put that life behind her completely until one day um, she gets arrested for doing something incredibly stupid. And um, the other owner of the company of, of Croft Industries, I think it is, comes in and tells her, look, you need to sign these papers. You need to take control of, of your father's inheritance and, and Croft mansion and, and whatnot. And she's really not dead set against it, but she sort of sees reason behind it. Listen, it's very simple. If you don't sign the papers, then everything your father worked for will be sold off. Not just the company, but Croft Manor also. Can you imagine how you would feel if you lost the house? Laura, your father's gone. But you can pick up where he left off. It's in your blood. I'm sorry. I'm just not that kind of Croft. So then after that happens, Laura is then presented with the um, contract of signing over her life as being the Croft inheritance is coming her way. And she then discovers a, a, a note hidden in some sort of weird chinese contraption puzzle <laughs> thing that she has to unlock to yeah it is and having not seen the film i'm 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 you sold it to me just to see this yeah chinese contraption yeah she when she finally opens it there's like a little note in there that, and she and it, everything sort of goes on to this adventure where she has to go and find her dad because she thinks possibly he might be alive possibly possibly I really thought uh, Alicia Vikander was really, really good in this film. Um, she's a really great actress anyway. She she won the Oscar in The Danish Girl. Uh, she was great in Ex Machina. The Man from Uncle, she was all right in. Testament of Youth was very, very good. I really enjoyed that film. Um, so she's been in, in, in a lot of great films, and now she's taken on this new franchise, I suppose, because it's definitely going to be more than one Tomb Raider film, without a doubt. So she is now taking on that role of Lara Croft. And... I mean the film the film's okay. It's a good action film. Um just okay though. Yeah, I mean she she performs well, but the story is is quite weird in the sense that she's got these real bad daddy daddy issues, like to the point where it's a little bit creepy in a way. Um Dominic West plays her father and there's a lot of flashbacks going on back and forth with with that and it kind of slows down the pace a little bit of the film. But you so need you need them. Do you do you think that drama element, that relationship that they're trying to it's just explore, a, it's just doesn't a bit, work? No, it's just a little bit strange. And he's always kissing her forehead or kissing his two fingers and then touching her forehead, like in every scene. Okay, that does the, sound in weird. In all, all the flashbacks, and <laughs> it's just very over the top, lovey dovey relationship that they've had. And yes, she's lost her mother, and now you know she's just got her father, but he keeps disappearing, and he's always like, "Oh, 
you know, I love you. I'll be back mm. as soon as I can. Sort of thing. <laughs> and then he's gone for seven years. And then he's years. gone. Brilliant. And then and then he just gone. He's gone for seven years. And she's obviously acting out on this and really misses him and and has to go and find him. And you know, there's even mentions. You know, I'm not a superhero, but she comes across as a superhero in the film. And it's just very cliched in that sense that it's mm. just it's a video game portraying uh, being. You know, well, it's a, a, a film being portrayed portraying a, a video game. That's that's what I'm trying to get out. Um, so. It's okay. Yeah, ask me the question, go on. Craig, the new Tomb Raider, is it worth it? Yes, it's worth going to see in the cinema. It's it's out in IMAX, IMAX 3D, 2D. It's in all, every single kind is it, of... Is it, is it worth IMAX, IMAX 3D? Is it worth I mean, that extra I, five, I, six... I, I don't know. I haven't seen it in IMAX okay. or in 3D. Um, I saw it in 2D standard screening, and, and it was great watching on that. Sounds, you know surround sound that was going on was fantastic it was really evoking all of the sounds of of the jungle place that they were in and um yeah i mean but the story was subpar um the acting from dominic west was a bit bland uh alicia alicia sorry vikander she was fantastic though as as always um but yeah it was it's worth going to see the cinema yeah there you have it thank you very much greg uh that's our review of tomb raider that's the end of the podcast that is the end of the podcast. Um, a dramatic podcast. Oh, if there was a fly on the wall here. Mm. I think uh, to, to end the podcast, I think we should pay tribute to Mr. Hawkins. Or oh, Mr. yes. Hawkin, sorry. Um, this week, uh, Stephen Hawking uh, passed away. And a fantastic man, a fantastic scientist, and a fantastic film, The Theory of Everything. Um, if you haven't seen The Theory of Everything, I thoroughly recommend this movie i think eddie redmayne gives almost certainly one of the top 20 on-screen performances ever his portrayal of stephen hawkins is nothing short of stunning i thought it was beautiful the fact that they met each other um craig yeah no it's it's a it's an absolutely brilliant film and and because of stephen Hawking passing away it's something you should watch if you don't know his story i mean many of you have probably seen this film but give it another watch. It's it's going to be my it's my film of the week because of that. Um, yeah. Watch it on on streaming services. I think it's on Amazon Prime, um, Prime Video. I, yeah, it says it is on there. So yeah, go and go and watch that. Um, yeah. <laughs> a great man, and a great film, and a great show. <laughs> <laughs> If you've enjoyed today's show, please do get in touch with us. Tell us about the films that you've seen uh, and what you thought of them. You can do so via email. What's the email address, David? The email address is mymailisworthit at gmail.com. We would love to read your emails, particularly if you are our Japanese listener or some of our American and Canadian listeners. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you're a robot. Or a robot, yeah. Uh, Well, we had a robot email last week, didn't we, actually? (laughs) But... um... Yeah, and also uh, Twitter at Film Is Worth It. Uh, please do look us up on Facebook. Like, share, tell your friends, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheerio, darling. Goodbye, darling. It is clear that we are just an advanced breed of primates on a minor planet orbiting around a very average star in the outer suburb of one among a hundred billion galaxies. But, ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. 
There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary? And there should be no boundary to human endeavor. We are all different. However bad life may seem, there is always something you can do and succeed at. While there is life, there is hope. <laughs>